Welcome to the Scuff Podcast, where we talk about U.S. soccer. Hey, everybody. We spent the Monday review discussing the January camp game and other things less pertinent to the full-strength U.S. men's national team. But here we are, and we're laser-focused on what really matters, the big questions ahead of Nations League in March when we face Jamaica in the semifinals, and then either Mexico or Panama, hopefully, in the final, all in Dallas. Greg, how you doing? Good. Did I catch a hopefully as in hopefully Panama? Like just because you want to see Mexico fail that badly or because you want to avoid Mexico because you're a little bit afraid of them, which is about. No, well, I actually meant hopefully we make it to the final. Ah, the U.S. Makes the, beats see, Jamaica and makes it to the final, but I, I, should, I could have been more clear. I just thought you were sneaking in a Mexico barb, which I'm okay with, I'll allow, but I, I still want to I'd make sure we I'd rather play Mexico. Yeah, just for the just for that just for that atmosphere. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then because yeah. we, we, we definitely get to play Panama in Atlanta in June at the Copa America. Mm-hmm. So, oh, good point. And and how nice is it, Bells, to to be able to shift our focus fully now to the to this March A team camp coming up, uh, and and also know that nothing that happened in the January camp needed to be relevant for it. <laughs> Not a single thing. It is kind of nice. It it takes takes some of the weight off of it. Uh, which I guess is not news to anybody. I, d- I was excited by the way Esmer, Esmer Barakterovic played, and, um, and I thought Diego Luna was pretty good. Did you, uh, did you have any quick thoughts on January camp, which doesn't um, matter? <laughs> it was, it was most, I was mostly watching for Tillman. Uh, I, was in, I was on the same, uh, same train as Vince, and... Uh, early on, I was like, okay, Tim Tillman looking like a grown up here. Like he's not going to single-handedly open up a defense or un- unlock a, you know, an attacking move, but he did look like a grown up for a long time. And then suddenly just sort of like, just seemed like he was, I mean, he still looked like a grown up, but he was like the grown up who took his kids to the park and then just stared at his phone the whole time. So he didn't really <laughs> stay as, as like in control as I was hoping he would. He never necessarily looked like out of it, but it just didn't look like he was fully into it. Yeah, needed needed a little more from him. I that was my take on Timmy. Yeah, and I think I think he needs to because uh, because this competition, as we'll get into, is is going to be having a lot of showcases where I'm sure they're going to be pretty focused. Yeah, uh, notably his brother uh, Malik, who is um, I think very very clearly higher in the pecking order. But let's let's go through some of the big. Other big questions uh, ahead of this camp, which is I th- probably going to be announced in about 40 days, something like that. Um, first of all, the Gio Reyna saga. I know you always take a really strong position on where you want somebody to transfer to. <laughs> we, well, th- let, me just, let me just sort of recap. Uh, it seems pretty clear he's leaving Dortmund, uh, but at press time, we still don't know where he's going. Uh, first, it was supposed to be a mid-table La Liga club, maybe Sevilla or Real Sociedad. I mean, Atletico Madrid was even floated. Then we heard he was going to Nottingham Forest, and that seemed to have legs, and I had to talk myself into that. And now it's maybe Marseille, but wait, maybe Sevilla is back in the, back in the running. No, 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 it's probably going to be Nottingham Forest. We don't know for sure. Uh, probably could be anywhere. Um, Thoughts? 
did you mention in that long list, uh, did you mention Benfica as one of the rumored spots? I did not. Yeah, that's another, that's so another one. I, I saw that once and that was the one, again, all these transfers are like, man, you're really just uh, throwing darts. But Benfica was the one that just like Ajax before it got me pretty excited. Benfica still in European competition. They'll have the Europa League knockouts coming up. Um, and they have a boatload of talent and they move a boatload of talent. And for me, I was just like, that would be, that would be the ideal spot. Uh, all of the other ones, I mean, sure. Like, I, I, I'm not going to pretend to know how they will turn out. So it's just, I, I don't even put the energy into worrying about it or getting my hopes up. But I did get my hopes up for Benfica. Yeah, I can see that. A little bit more dominant and, uh, you know, not asking as much of him when it comes to running around and playing defense. Yeah, and um, it's a, it's a loan. It's a loan, right? So it's like uh, I I just want to enjoy it. And so we haven't been able to enjoy Geo doing his thing in a long time. So just like we when we went through the Dest sagas uh, at Barcelona and then AC Milan, we I just missed it. You know, I miss watching him fool around and have fun. And so Dest to PSV, I feel like was sort of is is sort of the uh, the taste of what Geo to Benfica could be. Hmm. Yeah. I like that. You know, Marseille is also in Europa League still. And, um, you know, they got Aubameyang at striker, um, Ismaila Sar on the right wing. He, you know, he could, uh, he could do some damage with that team. I guess they started off pretty badly in the league, but now they're doing better. Um, I mean, Harit is probably his main competition. Many of you will remember him from Schalke days. Uh, actually kind of a nice player, but I think has struggled for consistency. So I, I, I don't, I think Marseille could work out. I'm Nottingham Forest. Um, like you said, we don't know that any of these will go well or when any of them won't go well, anything could happen. But, um, in Nottingham Forest, I guess the argument for it would be, he'd have to like really sort of man up and become, uh, a serious, you know, teammate slash professional because they're going to be in a they're going to be in a relegation scrap the comp there's going to be competition there as well i mean um morgan gibbs white is not the elegant player that geo reyna is but he is um you know somewhat effective and callum hudson adoy would be the left winger he'd be up against if he were if he were viewed as a winger there nico dominguez is also pretty good you know it's gotten a few caps for the argentina national team so the, everywhere he goes, there's going to be competition. Everywhere he goes, there's going to be opportunity. Anywhere he goes, is, there's going to be competition. And anywhere he goes, is, there's going to be opportunity. So, yeah, yeah I don't and, know. And there will, also, there will also always be, like, concerns. Like, the concern with Forrest would be they're not good enough to have the ball all the time in their Premier League games. And that doesn't necessarily suit a Gio Reyna type, or at least it doesn't suit the Gio Reyna we, we have uh, come to know and love. Mm. It, again. Like you're saying, that's the opportunity to prove that he's not just this one player who could mess around on the ball on a possession dominant team and create some things. Like maybe he can be uh, a, a double as a, a hustle guy when needed. Yeah. 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 And I, and I got to say, there's something a little tempting about him coming into a struggling Premier League side and then maybe becoming the guy and helping them, you know move out of the relegation zone into the middle of the table. That would be really cool for him. But uh who knows? 
And I also, with all these transfers, I also like, again, run through like the worst case scenario and assuming there's no catastrophic injury, which could happen anywhere. Uh, the worst case scenarios here don't bother me that much. It's a, it's a half season loan um, for any of these places. If, if he goes to Forest and they get relegated, like eh, shrug his shoulders and he goes back to Dortmund and find, tries to find a different home. Uh, I mean, we just went through this with seven players at Leeds. So uh, Wes went from that to now starring for Juventus. Uh, Tyler Adams got an escape route to the Premier League when he gets healthy. We'll see how he does. Uh, Brendan Aronson is still playing. And then Jesse Marsh uh, has a podcast now. So there's (laughs) everybody landed on their feet. (laughs) Everyone comes out of it a winner. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fine. But it is it is. I would like to see him playing and healthy. And uh, that has been a lot to ask of him for the past couple seasons. So let's root for that. Get him into camp in March with a full head of steam. And, so there and so it is. Even if he, a conclusive even if he segment on Giovanni Reina. <laughs> even, even in that scenario where we don't get to see him play, that just adds more fuel to like the Gio Reina mystique of like, what is the actual problem here? <laughs> because, you know, people keep posting his, his FBRF green bars for Dortmund, which are outstanding. Uh, so in the in the small sample of minutes we have, he's do, he's like doing very well uh, from an, from like a analytics perspective. So the question keeps coming up, like why doesn't he actually play then? Uh, and so, like th- we don't have the answer, right? We don't. Mm-hmm. I feel like no one wants to go too far on the speculation side and be like, well, we know there have been some issues with off the field things uh, because I feel like we're trying to just keep that very much segregated to the u.s soccer issues and drama but like we don't know and there sure is some there's there is some reason that he's not playing um so like if he does if he goes to a forest on a loan and doesn't play again it'll just add more to the mystery i think which i also enjoy you're right though he not just from an analytics perspective from an eye test perspective anytime he comes on he's making an impact so why doesn't he play uh you know I guess the speculation I'll throw out there is something somebody said in the Discord server, which is that if he does leave, the uh, the hit piece from Dortmund from the Dortmund camp is going to be pretty heavy, you know, because they'll they'll back him and say he's a perfect teammate uh, while he's a player, but as soon as he leaves, there's going to be you know something in build, citing anonymous sources about you know all the bad stuff, well, all the dirty laundry. They can't do it. They can't do it when it's just a loan because they still know they're, they might have to sell him. So they can't tank his value straight away. Right. They got to wait for that buy option to get exercised and then boom. No, I mean, and I think, I guess the last thing I'll say about him is I really do think, uh, despite my misgivings about some, some parts of him as a soccer player, he is our best chance of actually being really good as a national team. And I know Malik Tillman is making a run at, at being that, that, uh, that same kind of player for us, but I don't, for right now, I don't think he's, he's on Gio's level. So it, things can be two things, as the late Daryl Grove would say. Um, he can be kind of a pain and also you know, our most talented player. And I think he's probably both. Uh, Johnny Cardoso. Joao Lucas de Souza Cardoso got his first start for Real Batiste last weekend. We talked about it on the Monday review, but uh, but what did you think? 
uh, I thought it was great to see him step in and just uh, look like a player who can uh, anchor might not be the, the right word, but I mean, he was a uh, stable piece of that uh, Batiste midfield in that match where they were totally overmatched um, for much of the game. Uh, there what you know, they didn't have a lot of joy, at least possession overmatched can always be the wrong word when, when obviously Batiste weren't in there trying to knock the ball around for minutes at a time. Um, but for the, for him to be able to hold his shape, maintain the, you know, within the shape of the team defense against Barcelona, who I know they've, they have an underwhelming, they're having an underwhelming season in the standings. Their underlyings are destroying the league, like in a walk, like hmm. they're like half a, half a goal better on goal difference per 90 uh, than the next closest team. So they are a formidable opponent as they showed when they, you know, hit for two goals in the last 10 minutes of the match. Uh, And so Johnny doing his thing in that kind of a environment speaks volumes. Um, It will speak uh, even more volume if we see him do it, you know, for the next five weeks as well. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal for him I, to I'm just, jump into that spot. The only reason I'm like being as you know cautious as I'm being, because again, that's that's as, about as good as I could have hoped he would play. To even even like to find out he was starting, I was like, okay, here we go. And then to see him play that well is great. Um, I just keep going back to like uh, a cycle ago and watching Shaq Moore play against Barcelona <laughs> in in La right. Liga. I mean, like, yeah. So he had that. He had like a six game stretch, and then he you know fell off the top division cliff. And sort of, uh, you know, existed in that Segunda limbo. So all just all this to say, like, just because Johnny's done this in one game, even against Barcelona, you can't just be like, well, there it is. He's he's cemented himself in our roster. Well, you know, Shaq lost 10 percent of his speed by signing with an MLS franchise. So (laughs) that's what happened. And that won't happen to Johnny. Um. Yeah. Noted I thought he was speedster, Johnny Soccer. <laughs> right. I thought he was, uh, yeah, won a lot of duels, looked pretty composed. Batiste fans seem generally in favor of him, as Waki showed in his investigation on the Monday Review. Um, I'll stop mentioning the Monday Review now. And uh, playing under manager Manuel Pellegrini, Batiste is ninth in La Liga. They play Mallorca on sun- Saturday afternoon. We'll see if he's, uh, he's back in the lineup. but. He's got to be your second number six in the next camp, right? I mean, second number six, and then, you know, Tyler Adams might not be back for March camp. So he could be the first number six. Doesn't mean that we would start him in that match if we just feel like starting, you know, another configuration just puts more talent on the field. But yeah, he could be, I mean, if it's, if it's him or Maloney for a, for a true number six, if Adams isn't there and you want to play a true number six, um, I, I mean, Johnny's a totally different player than Leonard Maloney. Yeah, no, I think I'm, I'm taking Johnny over Leonard uh, every time right now. But I'm sort of operating under the assumption that Adams isn't going to be in this camp. You think he's? You think he might make it back? I I have no idea. He's he's he is literally the guy who, who uh, you know we created the two weeks away bit in his uh, like for him. He's always two weeks away from being back. Um, and he, I feel like right now he's probably like a month away from being two weeks away. So <laughs> that's going to be, that's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. Yeah. I don't see it. I don't see it happening, but, um, still think we probably do a Musa McKenny Reina midfield and then Cardoso comes off the bench. 
Yeah. And Malik, and we still got Malik, which is incredible. We're sitting on Malik yeah. there as like, for me, the primary, the priority audition player uh, in basically any attacking position. So if anyone in the front six, other than Bolligan, uh, needs to come off, like Malik comes onto the field and then you shuffle around from there. Uh, but we can do, we can, we can do that more in depth as we get closer to the actual games. One more thing on Johnny, because you mentioned his composure. Uh, I thought that that's what really stood out to me to the point where he had way more composure on the ball than I had for him when he had the ball. Because he held, he would get it and he would hold on to it for like a while. And the whole time, I'm like, ah, oh, too long. Like he's, he's surely going to lose it now. He's not used to this, you know, Barcelona level. Uh, but he always managed to find his way out, a little solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and occasionally that solution was like a nice forward pass. Into, yeah, a, into a, you know, not, not necessarily like line, like, uh, the killer through ball, but like he was, he was, he was advancing things. Right. Yep. That's how, that's exactly how I saw it. Let's move to striker. Um, I guess the question here is, I mean, who are going to be the call-ups? Balogun for sure. I would think. And then I think it gets a little unclear. Um, probably Ricardo Pepe as well, but will we bring three strikers and so, bring Sergeant oh. or Haji? Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I think I, I just don't see any way around not bringing Ricardo Pepe here. Like he's, even though he's, I mean, you could say, well, he just isn't playing enough for his club, but that strikes me as ridiculous because he wasn't playing a lot for his club when we brought him in the last camps and he was good he was scoring goals that we needed to score uh mm-hmm. so i feel like dropping him would really feel strange just from a man management perspective from uh that's true you know yeah you know you're, you're dropping a guy who's been delivering for you uh and there's no need to right we can we can bring extra players in this camp and the other wrinkle here for me is the winger abyss that we're kind of staring into where we're talking about like paredes and we're talking about brendan aronson um and those guys aren't necessarily like bad choices to have but like we said they're not they're certainly not demanding call-ups right now and if you have guys like josh Sargent and haji Wright who are performing really well and they're both very versatile like haji has been playing on the left wing and Sargent has spent a ton of time playing like as sort of a right a wide right attacker i think you just cheat if it's me i just cheat and get balo and peppy and Sargent and haji all in camp and call haji a backup left winger and you can call Sergeant a third striker, or you can call him a right, right-sided attacker, or you don't have to care about that at all and just say, uh, we've got, between Gio, Malik, and Sergeant, we've got a backup for Wea. So we've got two, two guys, at least two players who can deputize uh, behind Pulisic and Wea. And then maybe leave Brendo at home? I mean, in, in Berlin? Yeah, I mean, and yeah, Berhalter's yeah. made those kinds of calls before and left, you know, key Berhalter favorites behind. Uh, and, you know, again, what, what is Brendo really claiming to, to be doing here that would get him into a camp? Right. That's interesting to have Sargent as a, as a sort of a backup winger slash backup striker. I, I was totally prepared to have the Haji as a winger discussion. Because um, you, you, you mentioned it a few weeks ago, and... Um, he has played mostly as a left wing for Coventry over the last couple months. He looks comfortable out there. He looks comfortable running, running that touchline, a little bit of combination happening. 
Um, I think he's, I think I definitely have him as the first winger off the bench. If, unless Tillman is playing winger, you know, yeah. then he's the first that, again, winger that, off the bench. That's where I land. You still run Malik out there, run Malik onto the field first. And, you know, we can ignite the whole geo firestorm again, but geo can easily slide out into a wide with quotes around it. Uh, slot geo still going to go wherever geo wants to go which is the beauty of geo uh but you get him on the field with malik and you could you, you can still cook out there yeah okay well just to sort of brush up on how these guys are doing uh sergeant has two goals and five appearances since coming back from injury he's starting in a game that starts here in about 45 minutes against leeds um Playing pretty well, I think, but not getting on the ball much. In Y Scout, you can look up how many times a player received a pass um, under the passing tab for those of you who, who use it, um, which may not be perfectly perfectly accurate, but it is in the ballpark. I think the number they have is in the ballpark. And for the last five games, Josh has received uh, two, three, eight, five, and three passes. So Norwich is just not able to build through him in the way you'd think they'd like to. Um, but he's still managing to have an impact and has scored two pretty nice goals. I'm just noting the, re- the receptions numbers because it's so, they're just crazy low to me. Um, and and uh, it's not like Norwich is terrible in the championship either at the moment. So I'm not No, sure they, were terrible. They, were, they were terrible, still too strong. They were very good with Josh at the beginning of the season. They were flying. Josh went down and they fell pretty pretty hard to mid table. And now that Josh is back, uh, they're making another run at the playoff. Yeah, love to see it. Uh, and then Haji, like I said, looks pretty comfortable out on the touchline. Um, got a hockey as- assist and scored a goal on six shots uh, on New Year's Eve against Middlesbrough. Um, he's a little bit loose with his passing, I think. And uh, he has a little bit of that old Josh Sargent malady where he has shots get blocked off his foot. That look, it looks a little bit too easy to block his shots. But, man, when he does get a little bit of space, he can really crack the ball with either foot. He does have some 1v1 juice. He has some decent ideas uh, for passes and combinations. So, yeah, it would be fun to see yeah. him um, off the bench as a winger. And, and I've long thought that Haji has like a weird narrative around him where a lot of people think of him as kind of like a tronco out there and he's got really tidy feet. I've, I, Haji's always had, uh, you know, at least since we really started watching him more closely uh, when he was playing in Turkey. Um, yeah, like really tidy feet receiving the ball and he can, he can kind of play in some intricate little uh, combinations with layoffs. Um, so I, I, I'm to- I'd be totally fine, you know, if you're just looking for if it's between Haji out on the wing or some other effectively placeholder, you know, anyone besides Pulisic, uh, Wea, Reina, or Malik, everyone else in my mind right now is a placeholder. Yes, get Haji out there. Yeah. He's injured right now. We got we actually have to get back and, and start playing again. But yeah, we're we're uh, gonna go through the, the physio room. But yeah, he's his injury doesn't seem I mean it's a groin and Fatmob saying he's back mid January now. That's not always the gospel truth, but let's hope he's he's back in plenty of time to come into this camp. Assuming Burhalter wants him, I do, I do think he kind of he's kind of a big man who plays small for anybody who's uh, 
you know, who watched Northwestern basketball in the 1990s. <laughs> uh, so yeah, kind of a, but he is a little, also a, one other thing in his favor. He's a little bit of an aerial presence on set pieces. So that's another thing in his favor. Certainly have to account for him. Uh, so yeah, Coventry sitting in six at the moment in the championship. So they are in a playoff spot. Um, and then just to round out strikers, we also have Pifak, who's back scoring goals. And then Daryl DK, who's back. Uh, West Brom also in a playoff spot at the moment in the championship. So, again, we got some options. That's why I want to really hit this March camp hard with bodies in, in the camp. Get four of them in there. Like, during the week, evaluate them however you want. But then you still have coverage, and you can still call it a balanced roster. Four games that we have to win. And it's still, you know, it works in the the roster format for the U.S. Soccer's releases because they they just say forwards, you know, and they put everybody in the same category. So, work if we can bring, that. yeah, if we can bring eight right backs to the World Cup, we can bring four strikers to this game. <laughs> All right, now let's move to the center back pool because it doesn't seem to have gotten any clearer in the last six months or so, has it? No, I don't think it's necessarily clear, but I also don't think it's that big of a worry. It's more just like a curiosity because it's not settled. Like we know Pulisic and Wea, you know what I mean? We, like we know some of these players who are the core pieces. And for center back, I just feel like we don't yet know where Burhalter stands with even, I mean, I'd say maybe we could make a guess at his top three, but do you really even feel comfortable saying that? Uh, no, I, I don't. I mean, my guess, okay, my guess at his top three would be um, Reem, Richards, and Robinson. But, you know, Zimmerman's in there somewhere, and I don't know where Reem stands lately. So. And then CCV, right? CCV started both matches against Trinidad. And That's I true. think one of the two in the. So I feel like, uh, I feel like. I would I would say right now probably Reem Richards CCV, but that could have just been Berhalter really feeling comfortable against Trinidad, knowing that he could play whoever and giving CCV minutes over Miles Robinson, who was in camp but did not play in that window. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't know why I would put Robinson ahead of CCV in his pecking order. I wouldn't but... rule it out. I just. I don't even know who I think should be our center backs at this point. I mean, I, I, I want Richards to start. I think um, who should go next to him is, uh, I'm not sure. I love Cameron Carter-Vickers, so I, I, want, I want Richards and CCV. Reem, uh, I'm probably about to steal what you're going to say. Go Reem hasn't played. Yeah, Reem hasn't played soccer in two months. So, uh, right. you know, he had the injury. He's now back, but it's very possible that, uh, that his slot is taken at Fulham and he is he might be considered now a veteran backup uh who's going to just transition into a mentor coach role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the Timmy Chandler. He's he's going the Timmy Chandler way. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you know because Reed did he, he just signed that con- I think he just signed a contract extension, right? So everyone's like, oh they st- still clearly value him. But European teams work differently than salary cap <laughs> American sports teams. Uh, they will do these sort of almost like legacy, like we're just going to take, we like having a guy around the club. Uh, we'll, we'll take care of him for another year or two, even if he's not necessarily in our plan. Huh. 
at least again, I'm I'm basically just giving the Timmy Chandler uh, uh, right. precedent because he signed. He had they, he would every year like sign these extensions despite like playing three or four games, and I don't think he's played this season at all for anyone tracking Timmy Chandler. Yeah. It used to loom large in our consciousness because we get, uh, we get uh, some hate tweets from people if we're not re- respecting Timmy Chandler enough back in the, back in the late teens. Um, <laughs> I love so, Timmy yeah, Chandler for it. He, Ream, hasn't played, as you mentioned, since that 4-3 loss to Liverpool on December 3rd. Um, you know, we'll, see. we'll see if he gets back on the field before, before March. Richards been playing a lot of defensive midfield uh and you know acquitting himself pretty well i think for a position that he's not used to playing got beat on a couple set pieces against arsenal over the weekend in ways that i that were not real fun to watch um so yeah, real bad optics the, bad optics yeah the market is a little bearish on him right now i think but for me he's still our our one of our center back starters and then yeah, it's an he's hurt. What's that? Oh, I was just saying the the optics are it's it's mostly an illusion for our purposes. Uh, it's not great. People are gonna he got dunked on, which gives any uh pe- anybody who maybe feels inclined to an opportunity to dunk on American fans. Uh, but come on, like cleaner cleaner set piece defense up Palace. Like <laughs> you, you got one guy's job is to just try to occupy Arsenal's best best guy and then other people are supposed to be cleaning up the actual cross yeah. zone zone with blockers isn't that what everyone does now who's who's just literally man marking one for one ridiculous somebody should be rising up somebody else besides chris should be rising up and nodding that ball away is what you're saying yeah or at least in the vicinity he was i mean he was in he was in big spaces both times yeah I, like i said on monday i don't Set piece goals. There's so, there's so much uh, sort of feels like luck and circumstance that can happen for why a ball manages to land on an attacker's head and not on a defender's head. But anyway, we don't have to get into that. Uh, CCV should be back healthy in time. Um, he's he's also out hurt for a little while. You feel good about him though. He's I like him a lot. Yeah, I've, I don't know. I've had a soft spot for him because he seems like such a teddy bear. Uh, <laughs> and, and like, I spent a ton of time watching his clips when he was in the championship looking for like some distribution, you know, because I felt like that was a knock on him. Uh, and he never really gave me those clips. Uh, but he was he was just such like a stable presence in the, at least playing in the championship. Um, you know, obviously, we've watched him now with Celtic step up a level in competition for the European side where, you know, he and Celtic both have been found wanting pretty badly. Um, but, you know, which of our other options are going are gonna to hold up in that environment? Well, let's look at him real quick, some of the other options. <laughs> Austin, Tru- Austin Trusty, he's, he's still around, man. He's starting every game for bottom table Premier League club, Sheffield United, playing some left back, mostly left center back, though. Uh... He's just kind of over there on a lot of the goals Sheffield concedes, like not directly at fault. However, he could have, in the Man City game right at the end of the year, he could have closed down Rodri on his goal a little more with a little more alacrity, and he got beat to a tap-in by Alvarez in the same game. 
on the back post. I mean, John Brooks would be pilloried for that and, <laughs> you know, has been. Uh, Trusty's distribution is very average. That's not a new piece of information. But I think he probably he probably gets into camp. Mm, does he? Maybe not. Yeah, that's where we're really going to see where Berhalter ranks. I'm going to say Miles Robinson because uh, I feel like Berhalter will probably take Miles over Trusty, and then it would just come down to whether anyone's hurt for Trusty to get in. Because I feel like and- Reem, Richard, CCV, and Miles would probably be probably be Berhalter's four. And and you think Zimmerman's like out of the picture now, or I missed it if he was if he retired from nat- national team soccer. <laughs> no, he didn't. Berhalter said something about him being injured, right? And uh, but that's also something Berhalter will do is just say a guy, oh, he's you know he's dealing with this, and then still just never call him up again. Mm-hmm. And and the the rationale for me would be Zimmerman's just past it age wise. Uh, we've talked about this and his uh, big leadership attributes. Um, are less necessary for a team that's not full of 19 and 20 year olds. Yeah. I guess I still wouldn't be shocked if he, if he makes his way back into a roster, but, um, but yeah. Okay. And then Mark McKenzie still starting a lot of games for gank, including three of the last four in the league, just putting in shifts. Um, gank our fifth in the Belgian table. I didn't see any big oopsies in the last few games. So He's, he's still he's still he's still in the picture. Yeah, and he I think he'll remain in the picture because he's he's also the guy you know uh, who at least might offer the distribution piece that we're not getting from Austin Trusty. Uh, we're not really getting it from Cameron Carter Vickers. I don't really think we're getting it from Miles Robinson. Uh, so if Reem is is sort of fading out, um, and John Brooks is you know also not an option. Uh, Mark McKenzie, Mark McKenzie becomes sort of the the last passing center back uh, choice. Yeah, he does. He strikes a clean ball with either foot. That Mark does. Um, let's see. So the physio room recap is Adams. Last we heard, he's back in March, which I think probably doesn't give him a chance to make the Nations League roster. Uh, congrats to him and his partner on the birth of their child, Mazel Tov. Got a brand new baby. Nice. So Adams, it would be kind of a, it'd be kind of a nice echo to the 2021 Nations League where Adams had been out hurt, uh, forever ahead of that tournament and then came back, still not able to play, couldn't even play in the semifinal, uh, but then got in, in like the 70th minute of the final against Mexico. So that was like, that's where he made his return from injury. So he could get a repeat of that. I suppose, but if I'm him, I want to like make my mark at Bournemouth and you know, get a full head of steam heading into the summer so that I'm so that I'm ready for Copa America. I mean, maybe maybe he thinks Nations League is really important, but I'd like for no, him it, to get healthy and Yeah, and if he hasn't played yet, Bournemouth are not going to let him go (laughs) for this March window. (laughs) Last one was during the summer in 2021, so he could he leave his team, and I think I don't know exactly what the process is for them to hold him out of that. But there's no way Bournemouth are going to be like, yeah, you're still too hurt to go this weekend. But sure, fly to the states, go go play in Dallas, yeah, go play Mexico, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Luca Coliasho, 
his knee is hurt and he's slated to come back in mid-March. Again, I think probably not joining us in Dallas. If he ever joins us, we don't know. And now that Haji Wright is, is going to play winger, I don't know that we need him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We need everybody. Uh, all hands on deck. And then, yeah, CCV's hamstring uh, should be back to full strength in early February. And Haji, um, like I said, his groin should be back. He should be back from a groin injury in mid-February. So I think Adams and Koliash are the ones who are going to be missing out thanks to injury and other reasons. <laughs> yeah, so these are, these are all the things we're keeping an eye on. Obviously, you should also just keep an eye on all of our uh, key players who are doing really well for their teams. <laughs> but these are sort of the, I don't know if I'd say periphery, but this is like the, uh, the, the big like question marks. Pulisic just for me is not a question mark, you know? No, yeah, he's, a, he's an exclamation point right now. Um, <laughs> so do you, do you want to quickly talk about, and we got like five minutes left here, quickly talk about what your roster will look like for March? Oh, yeah, we can give a taste. We, we can do kinda, we can dip into this. Kind of covered it. So uh, um, I'm still going to bring Matt Turner as my goalkeeper. Okay. Understandable. Any objections there? No, but who are your two uh, other goalkeepers going to be? I think Horvath because I love him and he and I just wanted to have a smile on his face. And then I'll bring I'll bring Gaga. We'll bring okay. those three. Uh, it do, I don't. It doesn't really matter. I mean, Gaga seems like he's been a good camp guy, so I feel like he's a good good show. Uh, yeah. Um, my center backs are Reem, Richard, CCV, and then another American center back. I'm not going to pretend to care who the fourth one is. Uh, do you feel strongly about the ones? I mean, you might not feel strongly about everyone's official order, but do you feel strongly about who you want to see in the camp in March? I think I'm going to go, I'll say McKenzie. Okay. All right. Then I'll say trusty. We'll just, we'll just, we'll battle. We'll battle. We'll be mad. Miles, at each other. So, so miles is the odd man out here. Yeah. He's got plenty of time. We've seen a lot of miles. That's true. Okay. What about uh, your right backs? So I'm, I'm bring, the, the big thing here is I'm bringing Serginho Dest. And, and I don't know exactly how the rosters work, but in the last one, you had to have, your roster couldn't change between the semifinal and the final. So I'm assuming that's still the case here. Um, so I'm bringing Dest, even though he's serving a suspension. Uh, and I'm bringing Scally, who will presumably start. And that'll be interesting to see. Um, and then on the left side, I'm bringing Jedi. Uh, but then Lund is going to make way. Poor Lund. He's going to make way for Dewan Jones because yeah, Dewan same. Jones can play right and left. So if you're missing Dest for that first game, you've got cover from Jones who can, who can fill either. And then in a ridiculous emergency where you need another fullback after that, you, you make Tim Wea do it. Or you, you, know, you deputize somebody to just solve it. Maybe that's, maybe that's where Austin Trustee comes in. Mm, okay, yeah, I, I like Jones. I like Jones. I like Jones over Lund. I do. Um, even if I am a little mad at Dewan for that laser beam left footed cross he sent into the stands, uh, ending that really beautiful move in the January camp game. But yeah, I like that too. Robinson Jones, Dest Scally. Uh, who are your midfield six? I'm gonna say who are your six midfielders. Okay, so um, McKenny, Musa, Gio, and Malik, uh, who I just feel amazing about as four midfielders coming in. And then I'm going to bring Luca and Johnny. 
So Tim Tillman isn't going to make it this round. He didn't do enough. Uh, Leonard Maloney is going to is going to miss this one. Tanner Tessman uh, not going to be here. So uh, I feel good about those six. So you know, so it feels like too. a pretty yeah. good six. That seems like a pretty clear six. Like that, I don't know how you could disagree with that. That's exactly mine too. All right, and then uh, forwards. Let's put them all in one bin. <laughs> I got I got Pulisic and Wea as my as my starting wide players with Haji and Sargent backing him up, and then Balo and Pepe. That's a okay a solid solid group of soccer players, I think. Yeah, I have the same except also Aronson, but I but I'm totally fine if Aronson doesn't uh, make it to camp. So yeah, we're of we're of basically one mind here, Greg, except when it comes to center backs. <laughs> yeah, you just love McKenzie. You just have to have him in. <sighs> I he's he's um you know I see a few games without a oopsie and that that gets me perked up you know and he um he he can he can pass the ball in a way that a lot of our center backs can't um I think that's it from us yeah check out our check out our Patreon the link is in the show notes you get the Monday review the Discord server uh a lot of other stuff and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, Greg. We'll see ya.